Welcome everybody to No One Likes the Tuna Podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera. And I'm Daryl Wong. Daryl, my most beautiful co-host in the entire world. In the entire world, my friend. What we do is every week... We watch a Fast and Furious, one of the nine Fast and Furious movies that are currently out right now. Uh, and we, we really talk, we don't talk about it much, but we try to touch on the movie itself and then, uh, yeah, see where our life takes us. We watched Fast Five this week, and unbelievably, to me, as a shock, I didn't even know they were going to be on, we got a couple Zoom Bombers Rob and James from the Something Something cast are on the pod this week. How's it going, guys? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having us on. Thank you so much for having us. Do you want to lay out like a two-second tagline for your for what you guys do on your cast? Rob, please. This is this is you're the best one at this. You every got this every th- in two words, everything mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> everything I mean, we're mediocre. We started out as like a pop culture beer and pretzels kind of thing. Like we yeah. weren't cutting edge. We weren't new releases. It was, you know, a movie you may have seen 10 years ago. We pull it out, dust it off, talk about it, stuff like that. Um, we currently run uh, four different shows every month. We have our regular podcast. We do a movie review week. We do a week called The End where we just talk about the last TV episode of a series. And then we have uh, our Mysteries of the Somethingverse, where we talk about stuff like the Bermuda Triangle, Bigfoot, Chemtrail, stuff like that. So we try to just vary up our topics, but a lot of it's just pop culture stuff that you would sit down at a bar with a bunch of your friends or hang out in somebody's house, and if the game is boring, you all start bullshitting about stuff. That's the kind of stuff that we talk about on our pod. Yep. I've listened to it. It's a lot of fun. You guys are a lot of fun, and that's why I wanted to do this with you. And Well, we appreciate that. Thank you very much for saying Thank that. Thank you. You guys... Your ch- your check is in the mail. Oh, <laughs> it takes a little bit to get over here. I actually it will now, one. yeah. The mail getting delayed. It takes, it takes a minute to get over here. Uh, yeah. So, you guys um, watched the movie with us also, Fast Five, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Um, either one, if you guys want to jump in, like, do you have any thoughts like right off the bat? When was the last time you'd seen this movie? If you Rob's the... Big, big. Rob's the much bigger Fast and Furious fan. I've watched them sort of um, for fun, as like I'm in the mood for popcorn. Yeah. Um, but I rewatched this one very specifically, you know, to to be prepped for this. Before this, I want to say it was right before our Fast and Furious episode a couple years back. How about you, Rob? Yeah, before today it was probably about two years or so since I had seen it. So you guys don't watch one every week. <laughs> not I as mean, matter of not, fact. Yeah, not without a gun. This hellish, not without a gun to my head. You have this hellish experience where you are forced to watch two plus hours of a Fast and Furious movie every single week. No, but we did watch 18 minutes of the Asylum film, The Da Vinci Treasure, this past week, and that was bad enough. So, and I what love that. Uh, it's it's a terrible movie. Oh. Asylum Films makes those sort of knockoff blockbusters, so it's not Transformers, it's Transmorphers. It's oh. not. It's yeah. not. A, so they did a, they did a movie with Vinci Lance Coke. Henriksen called The Da Vinci Treasure, yeah. and let me tell you, the pre-title sequence was so <laughs> long and so painful that by the time the opening credits came on, I could have swore they were the closing credits. Like that's how long it seemed to drag on wow. for. Like, it was dude, just, it was a horror show. I tapped the, out. Or just like, dude, video have, games? All right, cool, we're out of here. Yeah, the, you could tell they didn't have enough money for a boom mic. So everybody sounds like they're a little too far away, and the Oof. special effects sounds way too loud. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. So, all yeah, right. you could be doing that every week. So, <laughs> Fast and Furious <laughs> movies. Fast, that's, that's true. Like gold. That's true. At least this Fast Five, like, the production quality is solid. Yeah. I mean, so... I liked the first movie. The first movie was pretty good. The second movie, I wasn't overly crazy. Yeah, yeah, Too Fast, Too Furious, I wasn't overly crazy about. Um, and it didn't really have anything to do with Vin not being in the movie. It was just... It seemed too CGI. It seemed too uh, too fake, whereas the first movie had a lot of practical stuff to it. Okay. Um, the third movie, Tokyo Drift, by then, I had pretty much kind of checked out. 
uh, of the franchise in general. Yeah. When when Vin came back for four, it kind of re- revitalized everything. And I have to say, five is probably my favorite movie of the whole franchise, yeah. if not tied for first with the with six that came after it. But Darryl's I just think on the, the same page with five. Yeah, it it feels like. It's the Ocean's Eleven of the Fast and the Furious franchise. They've got such a great cast and such a large cast that really have good chemistry with each other right. that it really kind of, like, you can almost forgive the wonkiness they do with physics and everything throughout <laughs> the movie because you can tell the people in it are just having such a great fucking time filming it that you're kind of brought along for the ride on that. Yeah, it is weird that, like, it's like, why do we forgive all the sort of silliness in five and six versus two, which has an an incredible amount of silly things in it. Uh, You know, I'm not quite sure what the, I just think like Justin Lin is a better director than John Singleton. Basically. I think it's like better put together. I think there's more money in it. I think it's tighter and it's like, it's just sort of, they did it in a more fun way. Uh, yeah, I think he gets. I think he gets the essence of the franchise, where it is about family and fun. So as long as we can show these groups of people, even if they're going through their trials and their BS with each other, but they're having fun and they're they've got each other's back through the movie, then people are going to relate to that and come along with it, regardless of whether we're being chased by a submarine or driving a tank or whatever else. It do- like it doesn't matter at that point. Yeah. It's you're in it for the ride. Nobody goes into there going. Fast and the Furious is going to change the way I think about the world when I leave the movie theater. Nobody goes into it <laughs> thinking that. So as long as they had a good time and you cram popcorn into your face and you come out of it thinking, hey, it was enjoyable, then I think that's what they hope for. Daryl, we know you're a fan of five. This week, our 16th watch through. Was this... Are you still a fan? Five, five is still great. And Rob, I like what you said, the comparison with uh, Ocean's Eleven. I think there, yeah, I think that was a, a purposeful move for this movie was to add that, um, add that celebrity vibe to the, uh, to the robbers here. Because like in the original movies, they were, um, yeah, our characters were made out to be uh, sort of like edge, sort of punk, like subculture um, representatives, but I think like in this movie in particular, even more so than four and, and and all the previous, they're like, you know what? We're going mainstream. We're going to take on all of the, um, yeah, we're going to take on all of the fame and fortune and, uh, live that high profile robber lifestyle. And, you know, it's, it, and that's what makes it approachable to a lot of people. And that's what makes the movie fun. So I'm trying to think when did oceans 11 come out? It was, hold on. I can, I want to say it was 2002, maybe mm-hmm. 2000, somewhere between 2000 and 2002. 2001, yeah. Yeah. Was on the, the remake was 2001, yeah. And I was, oh, I love, it's one of my favorite movies of all Even time. 12. Top five. No, 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 Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's the perfect comparison, like from the, the setup, we need to get a crew together. Yeah. They, you know, we're, we're going to do this scam. There's the big twist at the end and the yeah. reveal of that twist. It, it really plays that template. Very mm-hmm. tight. Very tight. Soderbergh did a good job with that movie. I, I basically think. Oh, with Oceans? Most happy. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's pretty. It's very we pretty. A, we yeah. need an Asian acrobat to get crammed in the back of a trunk or something and really be the key to... Uh, uh, to sealing the heist, right? Yeah, that was the best part of the Ocean's movies. It was like, oh yeah, Chinese acrobat in the uh, what was it? it was a um, a car. It was like a hamper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was like a coin the, where they keep the chips. Yes, um, but that and that that's like the most exciting part of that Ocean's movie too. Is like when he misses the jump during the like yeah. actual heist, and you're he gets like, his hand caught. He gets his hand caught. Yeah, edgier seat stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I don't think it hits the same way when the vault comes out and starts rolling around the streets. It's not quite the same no. as your seat effect. Yeah. It's, it's like a Oceans through the Italian job. Like, it takes a, it's takes a exactly turn through there. exactly what this movie is. This exactly. movie is the Italian job and Oceans 11 mixed together. I, I can't I think believe what... it's taken us 16 watch-throughs and two other people to 
get us to come <laughs> to that realization. But that is that's exactly. But but it totally. I mean, to me, even watching it sixteen times, like it pulls it off. You know, I it's think, like a it's absolutely. A pretty, yeah, it's a pretty fine line to thread. I think Justin Lin actually does a really good job of threading it. Basically, by the time you get to the part of the movie where these uh, souped-up import tuners are dragging this two-ton safe on 200-foot chains through the streets, and your brain is telling you this car just pulled like a 90-degree hairpin uh, you know, emergency brake turn, right. that safe whips off into the distance, in the real world, that car is going to follow because that safe is just going to take over and drag the car off into the wild blue yonder. You have forgiven so much more suspension of disbelief in the movie to get to that. Yeah. That you're just watching going, sure, I'm in. Where are we? Where, <laughs> no, totally, how far are we go? It. How far are we dragging this safe? I, I'm, to, I'm all about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And your, yeah. your response to the safe isn't like, oh, come on. You know what I mean? It's like. The first oh, time it is. Yeah. But after that, you're just like, okay, cool. I'm bought in. Whatever. Yeah. This is what we're doing. These are the rules of this universe. I'm with it. Let's go. But uh, I mean, it's this is the first one that had the rock in it. So this to the, see, yes, this is the first one that had the rock in it. Sorry to see that kind of chemistry between Hobbs and Toretto, and see their kind of alpha male characters kind of butt heads around the rest of the crew. I just think, I think the writing for this type of movie, uh, I think the writing to get the story across and to get the team chemistry was just really well done. Uh, yeah. Very again, very similar to the whole oceans thing. In Oceans Eleven, each one of those people had their shtick, had their thing that they do. None of the people who were in previous Fast and the Furious movies kind of had that definition of character. They just yeah. drove. They're yeah, just until really we get to here. Now we've got where uh, you know Tej is the safe cracker. And, uh, and, you know, this guy's kind of the face of the operation and, right. and she's like, you know, the, the sweetheart check, everybody right. started getting into the these, right. yeah, right. everybody Got started it. getting into these, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, he becomes like the face from a team, you know, the, right. the face character, right. everybody starts getting these little kind of personalities that come out through this movie that hadn't before. And I think that's what kind of made them very relatable as well, too, because whereas they had the things they were good at, they also had their major flaws that they were bad at, and they were okay with bringing those out as well, and they could kind of poke fun at each other with that. Um, yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit specifically about Tej, because this is yeah, something yeah. I noticed on this watch-through. Daryl, you can jump in on Tej, too. I... I had like a. They really fucking changed Tej around in this movie. Mm hmm. He. So he jumps around from. He's a safecracker in this movie, but then at the end, when he, they all get the money or they're talking about getting the money and what they're going to do with it, Tej says he's going to open a garage and work on cars, and I love what I do. But like Tej. Tej was a bookie. Basically, in too fast, right? Like, Jin also, is the mechanic, correct? That's true, but it was called Tej's Garage. Like, it it said Tej's Garage on the outside. So. He already had one before. I guess this is one where they can sort of get away with it. But like, you don't see him work on. Do you see him work on a car in two? No, no, he positions himself and the way he speaks to Suki, for example. Like, you bring that. You gotta bring that body by the shop. Yeah. For an exam, for a close examination. I always felt he was more of a sort of a businessman, bookie. Yeah, he owns a garage, but he's sort of like makes he's a wheeler and dealer, right? Mm -hmm. And in this one, they really sort of click click him over to being a safe cracker, which naturally leads in the next movies to well, he's cracking safes, he's cracking computers in the next movies because mm -hmm. he's the hacker guy, right? And then. Yeah, and then like he's a he's just like a simple man who want who wants, wants for simple things <laughs> as a mechanic in the end. James, did but, you? I mean, do you do you know these movies enough to sort of like see the changes or see these roles in the in how they develop? Only in the big pieces, 
only in so much as you know i remember dom from the the first one. and second one yeah i remember brian from the first and second one as far as like you guys are talking about the, the deep evolution of tej that one's <laughs> gonna be that one's gonna be a bit above my head does, does tej work for you in this movie i think so i i think he's he does not come across like a gangster bookie right at all he comes right. across like the one that's likely to take a step back and be like hold up and let's look at this right the the, the quieter sort of introspective one <clears throat> even even knowing that it's you know ludicrous playing him yeah um what's who's the one that is going to be the the super loud and abrasive one who, uh, tyrese. tyrese thank you tyrese roman yeah. pierce roman yeah. pierce um, but you can tell the you can tell the love they have between each other very clearly. Yes, that's true. That's true. Roman sort of does it for me in this movie. He he they he, he gets slotted into sort of the right sized piece, I think, in this movie. Where he's supporting, he can crack jokes about Brian losing or winning the race, but mm-hmm. Dom sort of uh purposefully losing it to him. He does. He has like one nice scene with the police officer when he goes in to drop off the evidence. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like okay, like there it is, right? Like this is like the Roman Pierce being the mouth, right? Kind of thing. Yeah, being he's the, the face man. Face. Yeah, <laughs> and then and but then we don't have to like spend the whole movie doing that. You know, it's like a nice actual balance of the sort of the mechanics of how this team works together. That everybody sort of gets their fair share. Han and Giselle have their part with the handprint. Um, you know, Tej has his part with the safe cracking. Don, Omar, and um, Tago? Is that the other guy's name, Daryl? Yeah. They have Don. their moment where they saw into the bathroom wall and fuck up the plumbing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think this comes together pretty well. Basically, and they do a very good job at giving you all of those little pieces because there's the one big set piece that they're moving towards that you know is coming from the minute the trailer is shown of Dom versus Hobbs. There's there's going right. to be a showdown somewhere in this movie. So right. the fact that they do give everybody their little spot and The Rock and uh, Vin Diesel don't completely outshine them, yeah, is is pretty good directing. Yeah, it is. It's good writing, big, too. Yeah, big personalities. It's very easy to lose anybody when you're comparing them to, like, The Rock, who at that point was just becoming the biggest guy in Hollywood, and Vin Diesel, who is Vin Diesel. Right. This was The Rock's breakout. Like, Yeah. It wasn't, but it really is, basically. Uh, I, I, this was I his, like, I'm going to be the action guy. Yeah, here, here I am, a superstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's where some of the later films have struggled is from the personality standpoint, right? Like personalities outshining each other. And in five, I will admit, even though I am personally, like in my heart, a true believer in six, in Furious Six, as like the masterpiece of this series. But I will say like the chemistry really is what it's called is like, Better. It's really good in this movie, basically. Everybody sort of just... Even Elena, um, Elsa Pataki, has a really nice chunk in this movie, you know? Yeah, and when she doesn't have a scene, she's still there in the background or right next to Brian or... Yeah, yeah. Um, Rob, what else did you... What else did you pull out from this movie this week? Um, one of the, one of the cool things that I don't think I realized when I first saw this movie, but did upon my rewatch today while I was reading through some of the websites about it, the one thing I didn't necessarily expect from a Fast and the Furious movie is continuity. Mm -hmm. So when they, uh, when you first see, uh... Uh, who is it? His uh, his buddy from the first movie. Um, oh, what the hell's the character's name? 
Yes. Vince. When you first yeah. see Vince, he's got like a lot of scarring on that one arm of his. And it's a throwback to the first Fast Whoa. and the Furious movie where he gets tied up and tangled in the side of that 18-wheeler that he was trying to hijack, and he's hanging on for dear life. Like, when I read that, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And, like, I went back to watch that scene where you see him in Rio, and I'm like, holy crap. Like, they they went there. Now, how many people saw that when they saw it in the theaters? I haven't seen it. In 16 watch-throughs. Maybe 20 people? Exactly. But to know that somebody said, hey, didn't your arm get mangled in that first one? Let's put some scarring on that arm for the people who are going to notice. They'll be like... like, To me, that kind of blew my mind. That somebody said, no, no, no. special effects makeup department. Yeah, let's do some some continuity to show that you were injured all those years ago when you were trying to hijack. I thought he had a really nice uh, presence. And to think about, uh, like to hark back to original movie, and if if we follow follow Vince's progression, right? Yeah, he looks happier, he looks healthier, but that also makes it that much more sad when he gets killed in this movie. His demise. Huh? His demise. Spoilers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He needed to leave the series, though. Like, he's a good... Mm. He's a good fuck-up in this movie, I feel like. Like, he's a good... He actually drives a lot of the plot. You know? Uh, and he's, he's actually... He's a good person to do that i feel like like the microchip stuff and like he semi betrays the family and then like he comes back in for the last moment of trying to pull off the heist he sort of pushes everybody along a little bit by his actions but it's like once he's done that it's like mm, i'm time it's time for vince to maybe you know i i off. think his arc was done but yeah. i mean everybody has that one person in their circle of friends who, you know, fucks up everything that the circle of friends is trying to do, but if anybody outside that circle tries to shit on them, they're going to defend them because they're still part of that group, you know, right. and Vince kind of fills that role. Right. Even in the first movie where he screws everything up and he gets Dom pissed at him, he still comes back for Thanksgiving and they still let him sit at the table. Yeah. Uh, and to see him kind of be okay with Brian... Uh, in this movie and kind of yeah. put that water under the bridge, I think that's what tied up his arc. So once that was done and he could be cool with Brian, yeah, though, okay, we can write him out of the movie, you know, uh, later on down the road and he's not necessary mm-hmm. to keep around anymore. Right. We needed Vince in here for Brian's redemption somewhat, like the forgiveness yep. of his actions in the first movie. Correct. And then we also need Vince in here to showcase Dom's loyalty to his family. Mm-hmm. Right. Is like Vince becomes a person who, even though he's betrayals and he fucks up and does all this stuff, Dom is always going to be loyal to the people in his life. Right. Because even though they're flawed, that's what loyalty is. Right. It's like looking past people's flaws. Um, yeah. He also and he the, adds that like, let's make it personal moment. Right. He's the right person mm-hmm. to make the last act uh, mean more than just hey, it's about a heist. Hey, it's about stopping the rock or getting the rock's way or what have you. But um, and the Brazilian theft, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's beyond all those. Now it's about the family, which right. is you know the the theme of the movie. Daryl, did you have anything big that you pulled out from this movie this week? I got a small one that I yes. want to talk about. Always so, down to get into the details, <laughs> the nitty gritty, the inconsequential. So, so Hernan Reyes, when we're we're building up the badness of his character, he has a meeting with what looks like two other political officials. He brings them into this meeting room. He serves them whiskey, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was taking notice of this office, and um, often when you see a boss dog presented in a movie he has a he has a corner office he's got nice windows art um hernan reyes in this particular showing um he sits in the entire boardroom like they they show his desk set up but he has all of his crap set up and it's like a 20 person meeting room yes i've noticed this too it's insane right so does yeah does that scream extra extra power just like you know what i've got all this desk space and i just 
you know, <laughs> this is what I use here. This is, yeah, the size of my desk is the amount of my power. It either screams that or it screams, um, we lost a location and we had to switch it up. <laughs> that, that's sort of what it screams to me. So I actually. The Marriott gave us the conference room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you, Marriott Rio. We really appreciate it. <laughs> Amazon Prime special movie f- fun fact was that yeah. that uh, that specific scene was filmed in the uh, actual Central Bank of Brazil. Huh. Oh. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. Right? Um, have you, you watched these movies on Amazon Prime and they give you fun facts about them? Yeah. They, if, you, uh, if you move your cursor doing the thing, it'll drop a couple of things You've got to do this every week here. now. That's what I've been doing for the past. <laughs> what do you oh, this think? Is where Daryl gets all his notes, all this, your quips actually are Amazon Prime fun facts. About I would the say movie. I would say twenty five percent of them. <laughs> all right, do us a, do us a look. You got a disclaimer. This stuff, man. You got to We got to be above board on the No One Likes the Two podcast. I just did. I just did. I just told all you where right. I got it from. I love it. I love it. Uh, I've noticed the boardroom thing before and found it. Odd. Yeah. Because he sets he sets the whole thing. He has all of his little papers. He has yeah. all of his uh his desk, desk is just like enormous. Yeah. But he has another desk. Like when he knocks a guy out with all of his different killing <laughs> yep. objects, he has another office somewhere. So it's his summer desk. Yeah, it's his summer desk. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just like let's meet in the boardroom. It's like when I used to work at a marketing agency and would meet with vendors. It was like, yeah, let's just meet in the let's meet in the conference room. You know? <laughs> It seems more powerful to show up with nothing, right? To sit there with the empty desk seems more intimidating to your visitors. I think you don't so. have to put all your crap there. Yeah. Yeah, you're more intimidating when they can't look at pictures of you like your family. You know? Exactly. That's pretty good. Um, do you guys want to do shout-outs? <laughs> so we got a little segment on this podcast we like to call... Shoutouts! We these movies have a lot of product placement in them, and we, out of the sort of spirit of our heart, decided to have some free product placement for products and services and people and institutions that we use in our lives. Um, yeah, just just for fun, really. I think we imagined this segment just to give you a little inside baseball on the podcast. We imagined this segment. As like a placeholder for where we would maybe have sponsorships one day. <laughs> but then like that obviously never happened. Right. <laughs> so we just keep doing it. Um, so yeah, I might jump us off this week just to sort of like give a, give a sort of railroad for it. Please do. Um, it's always a pleasurable week on the pod when one of us rents a car. I feel like. <laughs> and this week, I had to rent a car. My car was still in the shop. And for, at least for the first two days of this week before we went back into lockdown over here, uh, we I had to commute to work. And uh, I rented a Nissan Tayana, which is a Pacific... Uh, like a Pacific Rim version of the Nissan Maxima. It's the exact same car. Okay. Uh, have you driven a Maxima? I think it's Maxima, right? Mm. No. I have. It's like it's their like midsize sedan, basically. And let me tell you something. I felt great. Whenever I bump up from the basic economy rental, I feel like an executive who's like getting, you know what I mean? Like I'm getting a boat. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. I'm up floating around on the boat. I will say it definitely spoke to me in Japanese at some points in my trip at sort of random <laughs> intervals. It's Were you in def- Japan? No. I, okay. But like all the cars, all the import cars here are Japanese models, right? Because mm. it's like easier and cheaper for Japanese to like make them in Japan. Mm-hmm. We're not changing the formula and we're just going to like ship them over and they work fine. Gotcha. Um, I guess then that's Japanese is then better than it's just yelling at you in German or something. 
Yeah, it's not yelling. It was like very quiet. It like would do it on startup, which I think it might have just been like, "Hey, how you doing today? Like, are you ready to go to work?" But then, at sometimes during random intervals, it would pop on. It would flicker on the GPS like screen, and say something in Japanese. And I will say it absolutely thought I was in Japan. Right? Like the map it was showing for a moment was like somewhere in Okinawa. You know? It was like, we don't know where you are at all. So, but other than that, the car was great. Smooth, good gas mileage. Um, yeah. Definitely would rent it again. Even with the Japanese. I like it that sounds kind. It sounds like the rental cop company forgot to like image the um whatever like main computer because yeah. I feel like when I rent a car here Hertz or whatever like they always like reimage the center console to show only rental stuff. It's never just like the standard one that you would get if you rented if you like purchased the car by yourself yeah i don't quite know what happened i mean the screen would flicker and fuck out a little bit Mm -hmm. but also all of the all of the buttons on the Mm -hmm. console are hard like were japanese were in Mm -hmm. japanese like so there was no latin text whatsoever Um, maybe the car was haunted the car was possibly haunted by. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's also, this is also a fair. This is also a fair, fair uh, possibility. But um, yeah, and I'm not too into ghosts. I don't like them. I don't believe in them, but I don't like them if I did believe in them. So uh, yeah, but like even haunted, the Nissan Maxima sort of pushed it past the line for me. <laughs> you know, I would, I would go again. So, do you think uh, you do you think yeah. you would ever purchase a sedan for yourself? There's there's a number of other body styles available. I feel like a sedan, the sedan is extremely unpopular right now. I feel like I'm it's pro, probably the I'm least pro popular four door sedan. I think yeah. like I don't know. I don't buy. I'm an idiot, so I bought like a '79 Triumph, and that's what I drive around for my <laughs> daily. Um, and it breaks down all the time. And like, so I probably wouldn't buy a modern car or like a car that was in any way good. Um, but if I did, I, I would probably buy a sedan. I don't think mm-hmm. I would get like a, a midsize or like a, a, a mini SUV or I think just the day to day four door sedan. It's got what you need, you know? Anyway, shout out to the Tayana. Um, James, do you want to go next? Do you want? Do you have something in mind? You want to like sh- give a little sh- quick shout out to? Oh, let me think here. I mean, I have self promotion, but that's an entire no, different. Do that. That's great. Yeah, let's do that. Really? Yeah. All right, I can self promote. Uh, because I have my small little vinyl decal business, uh, where I do vinyl decals for people, nerdy stickers, wall designs. If I was to pan over to the right, there's just stuff all over my wall. Uh, Reallyshameless.com if you are looking for any sort of nerdy vinyl decals. Are these... Where... What do I do? Can I... What do I do with them? You put them on your wall. Oh. Like when you see... uh, When you see the Live, Laugh, Loves and all those other horrible things. Yes. (laughs) Um, I do the repugnant ones. Or I have, like, on my wall right now, we have a giant uh, X-Files, The Truth Is Out There. I have a uh, never-ending story, the Orin, the symbol. Mm-hmm. And they're big. But I also, all the car decals I create, I do my own design. Tons of stuff. Sick. Do you, would you do a Live, Laugh, Love if somebody came to you and you were like, oh, I, I will do anything anybody pays me <laughs> yeah. for the most part. There are limits. I have run into one or two limits, but not many. Okay. All right. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I, it's um, fun. I, yeah, I can't remember putting a vinyl decal on anything, but like, I, I'm not against the idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It sounds I'm like glad we... there's no moral opposition. <laughs> yeah, there's no opposite. Yeah, from this side of the world, 
there is no opposition to vinyl decals whatsoever. Knowing James for as long as I've known him, he will absolutely hate himself for doing a Live, Laugh, Love sticker, yeah. but he will wipe his tears with the money that you pay him to do it, so yeah. he'll, find a way to, he'll find a way to fight through it. I always get a little excited when I go into a Live, Laugh, Love household, right? <laughs> when you walk into somebody's living room that you haven't been in before, and there's all the live, laugh, love you can muster, they can muster, it's like, oh, yes. Now I, I know exactly who you are and where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> Tells uh, you, it gives gotcha. you a place to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to knock. Look, if you want to live, laugh, and love, I'm for it. Yeah. I want you really? to live however you best do that, you know? Daryl, do you know any live, laugh, lovers? <laughs> I don't. I don't no. know any. I don't know any of these. But I think there might be an opportunity for us to to commission a uh, live, laugh, love. No one likes the tuna podcast vinyl that we get to put on our personal motor vehicles. I would be and drive them around. Down for that. <laughs> I would be down for that. Yes. We work something out. Yeah, I the think guys at the Auckland Triumph Club would make fun yeah. of me if I put live, laugh, love on my car. You could do live, laugh, triumph. Oh, oh that's true. I've nice. sort of got a double, the little double entendre yeah. there. <laughs> you know, I was going to mention before how, he, yeah. how, uh, how you were talking about, you know, the uh, your love for Vince in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of have to love Vince because without Vince in the first movie, you guys don't have a name for your podcast, right? That's true. That was his line from the first movie. That is his line from the first movie. And I have to tell you, no one likes the tuna. When you guys messaged us, I'm like, no one likes the tuna. Yeah, that's a brilliant name. Like just (laughs) to pick that one name and that one quote out of the entire movie. Yeah, because either you know what it means or you don't. That's where it basically comes in. You're not holding anybody's hand to explain what your show is about. You either get the quote or you don't. Right. It's definitely the ones that like people familiar with the franchise, or Absolutely. at least the first movie, are like, "Oh, that was a silly. That was like a silly line." It's the silly line they point to in the first movie to say this is exactly, a silly movie, which it is. Rob, do you have a product or service you want to give? Wait, first of all, James, can you repeat the name of your website? So I we sure just, can. Yeah, it is reallyshameless.com. All one word. Go there. Get your live, laugh, loves. <laughs> I want, we want a couple orders at, at least from this. Uh, Rob, do you have a product or service you want to shout out to this week? Uh, so uh, I started doing a hobby uh, just uh, under a year ago uh, where I do glass etching. Uh, wine glasses, pint glasses, beer mugs, stuff like that. Uh, all hand-drawn and then hand-dremeled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a website set up. It is a Wix website, which means the URL is ridiculously long. Okay. However, you can go to shop.somethingcast.com. Yeah. And that has the link not only for my Scratch the Surface uh, website for my glass etching, but it also has a link to Really Shameless for James. Yeah. It has a link to our T Public t shirt sites for our podcast. So that's kind of the repository where we put all of our side hustle stuff. Cool. Can be found over at shop.somethingcast.com. Shop.somethingcast.com. And through mm-hmm. that, you can find a link to Rob's glass etching business. Yep, Scratch it, the Surface. Scratch the Surface. What a mm-hmm. fucking great name. <laughs> it oh took me weeks to come up with God. that. It really did. We're because... talking about No One Likes a Tuna. Scratch the Surface <laughs> is <laughs> fucking perfect. <laughs> incredible. But like... Like, you come up with these names that you think are cool, and then you Google them, and you find, like, 19 different Etsy shops that all have that name, and you're like, fuck, I can't use that. So it's right. it was a lot of hunting and pecking and figuring out, but, yeah, Man, I, I appreciate cool. that. I th- thank you for the, the compliment on the name, but so it's something I, I enjoy to, doing, so. You know, for my, like, afternoon shards, and I had a big old glass, wine mm-hmm. glass, and I wanted to get it etched maybe with like a phrase that means a lot to me something mm-hmm. like you know like i don't know like let's think about my values i love to live <laughs> love to laugh and i love to love really i, so I, I see where you're going live laugh love that's bold my wine glass it is yeah you would do that for me 
Uh, yeah. I mean, we would have to we would have to figure out some sort of shipping to get it to you because uh, it's the prices for the shipping are built into the continental United States, but outside of that, we would have to figure stuff out. But I did just send you a link to it, so you yeah. can click on that link when you get a free chance and just right. kind of see some of the stuff that I've done to kind of give you an idea of what's possible. We're definitely going to post a link on our Twitter account too, so if you want okay, to check I it appreciate out, that. Look at look at at an old podcast for that. Um, all right, do you guys want to? Do you guys have anything um, like one more point you want to talk about with this movie? Hold on, I got a shout out. Oh. Carol, I skipped you. It's okay. It's My okay. brother. I'm sorry. Okay. So, back in the day, right, you used to be able to do all kinds of stuff in your car. You could, uh, they put little, uh, like a champagne cooler. They would put all kinds of smoking devices in your car. Yeah. Um, not so much the case anymore. No. And I wanted to give a shout out this week to um, a car feature cigarette adapter that has been reinvented and has for some reason stayed uh in modern cars for some yeah. reason and you know like people yeah it doesn't make sense anymore to offer a uh like a like a flaming hot stick that you could uh, burn yourself <laughs> and anything else and all your upholstery on no longer offer. i have one in my 79 triumph but yes go ahead exactly yeah but, um, mine has proved to be very useful. I, I can plug all kinds of different crap in there, charge all, all charge all my devices. Um, where the yeah, where like it costs, it would cost me like two hundred bucks to put USB, like to install USB adapters in mm-hmm. my Volkswagen. But for like three dollars at a gas station, I can I can get a little doodad that yeah, charge up any device I want. So cigarette well, adapters come a long way. Yeah, and they stuck with the DC. Right. It's like a DC to AC conversion problem. Mm-hmm. I learned this the hard way when I tried to install an Xbox in my car when I was a junior in high school. <laughs> Which is that the DC... You can't just convert the D Like, you can't just run AC current off of a DC socket. Which, your, your cigarette lighter is a DC socket, as far as I'm understanding correctly. So that's why, like, the car companies, it costs a lot more for the car companies to, they would have to do the conversion inside. So if they wanted to put, like, an Edison plug in there, right, or a USB, they would be responsible for doing the conversion. That's why it costs more, like, 200 bucks, because VW then has to install some kind of DC to AC converter inside that console. But if you just get the little stick you plug in, that's your converter right there, and it's done. Just don't plug an Xbox and a TV into it and try to power them up because you'll blow a fuse line and have, have the car spend a month in the fucking mechanics trying to get it fixed. So it yeah. didn't work? It worked once. I drove it to school. We tried to play Xbox during lunch. It completely blew the entire electrical system in the car. Wow. Yeah. Did you bring your car to Tej's? Because he would have had that shit knocked out in like an hour. I brought my car to Zuli's, which is almost yeah, no. as good a name as Tej's garage. <laughs> you know, the biggest mind blow I ever had, my buddy of mine uh, bought a hybrid car like three years ago. Mm-hmm. And we went on a road trip to uh, New Hampshire, and I brought my laptop with me. And I was like, oh, I'm going to you know, just type some stuff up back here and save it in a document for what we're doing. He goes, oh, yeah, just plug it in in the back. So I pull out my USB cable, and I look underneath like the little armrest between the, the driver's side and the passenger side yeah. in the back seat. It was just a regular two-prong plug outlet. Like It was a wall outlet built into Whoa. the car. Because it was an elect- it was an electric hybrid, effectively. So I'm just like, I, yeah, oh. those batteries already. Like, I, you don't have to do as much conversion, I think. No, not at all. So that was kind of like crazy. not expected. I'm like, why is there a wall outlet in your car? I I don't understand. That's incredible. It was really cool. I'm pro outlets of all like, again, people listen, longtime listeners of the pod will know I am pro God's infinite variety. On the planet, and outlets fall into that as well. Like I'm pro any kind of outlet you want to get busy with. You know what I mean? Like cigarette lighter, DC outlets, Edison outlets. We got crazy ones over here in New Zealand that have like angled prongs and shit. It's cool. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I'm into it. So you're doing you're doing me a favor at this point by offering offering me a uh, power source. You're a conduit, literally, <laughs> to the juice that runs my life. You know what I mean? Like I need it. I need it. So that's your next vi- that's your next vinyl comment there, Hatton. What's that? You are the, the con- conduit, conduit to the juice that runs my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. That is going to be somebody's yearbook quote for 2021, that's and minds it. are going to be blown. That's it. It's a love letter to outlets. Um, <laughs> so, Daryl, I apologize for tr- for trying to skip you earlier. But now, Rob and James, you got more. You have something else you want to talk about with? Uh, Fast Five. I do have one sort of uh, one thing I noticed right at the start of the film, and mm. I had to go look up in his IMDb. It was not his first time as a news reporter, but actor Jay Jackson, who's the news yes. reporter at the very beginning, who uh, purred happily from Parks and Rec. Purred. Uh, yeah, who is classically like he is the move, the the reporter in in Hollywood now. Like you need a newscaster telecommunications guy on the news weatherman it's the same guy uh and it was just awesome to see him this was his third uh field reporter um job what yeah role thank you that was the word i was looking for okay so he's this one he's parks and rec in which he plays sort of like um uh, yeah, almost like like a caricature of a Sunday news kind of Yeah, guy. very dumb, and then he gets a talk show and a judge show and all that yeah. silliness. <laughs> uh, and what is the third one? Oh, no, he's got, I mean, if you go look at his IMDb, he's got tons. Oh. Uh, he, this was, Fast Five was the third one on his on his credit list. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, his first gotcha. one was on Dexter, of all things. Oh. Yeah. That's, there's a show I stopped watching after... Two and a half seasons, I think. Yeah. That's that you stopped at the good spot. <laughs> okay, good, good to know. Good to know. I always like it when it works out that way. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you stopped exactly at the right time. It's like I'm so glad to have my instincts confirmed. You know. But yeah, I did see. I saw Jay Jackson, and I thought that was wonderful. That he is yet again another news reporter out in Hollywood. They should bring him back. I think he should be part of the crew. I think everybody should they should bring everybody back. We're, we talk about it all the time. Everybody who's ever been in his movies should come back at some point, you know? Well, I mean, not to be too spoilerific, but aren't they headed that way with the ninth movie? Yeah, so Han... I mean, the trailer's out. We are blanket spoilers all the time for any Fast yeah, okay. Fast content that's available. Um, Han's back. Um, Irwin, I believe, is the character's name. Is that right, mm-hmm. Daryl? Yep. So Justin Tobin, this is the deep cut, guys. Justin <laughs> Tobin is an actor who was in Justin Lin's first movie called... Darryl. Better Luck Tomorrow. Better Luck Tomorrow. Then he was in Tokyo Drift as a very small supporting role. Um, he's one of Neela, the love interest crew. Mm-hmm. And he is back in the same role in nine, which is wild to me. It, it's wild that he made it into the trailer. Like he's that's like, the wildest part, actually. Right? <laughs> that is actually the wildest part about it. Is there an <laughs> expectation like, that you're supposed to remember him? I don't. Or is, I mean, there, it can't be. He's no so way. yeah. Go ahead, Daryl. Yeah, there's nobody else. I mean, I think that's just us two that recognize. I don't know, <laughs> us two that recognize him. But he made it into the trailer. I think there's so little recognition of it. I on Instagram posted a thing that was like, "Welcome back, Jason Tobin," and Jason Tobin was like, "Hey, thanks, guys." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "I'll reply to this Instagram feed with like 40 followers. <laughs> like, no problem. Like, this is not a thing people are engaging on." So, I'm actually really pumped to see this. Can, can I, I I'm curious it? to see how they explain Han's return. Because um, yeah. I got to tell you, that was that was that was a kick in the balls in six. I know that's going to be another episode for you guys, and probably another 16 weeks worth of watching stuff for you. <laughs> but no, and uh, well, to see how how they tied that in with the end of Tokyo Drift. 
mm-hmm. right? And and Han's death. That was like a gut punch. That whole thing, right? Um, I mean, I know there. I was not active in the Justice for Han campaign. I'll say that. I'm not like I've, I've never been anti Han. Han is ice cold in this movie. Also, <laughs> he's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I've never been active on the like the the Justice for Han thing. Other than like Jason. I've been much more on the line of, like, Jason Statham shouldn't be part of the crew. Not necessarily because he killed Han. Like, I guess that's part of it. But he just, like, I don't think the chemistry clicks. You know, again, like, we're wading into too much of this personality-driven shit, basically. Daryl, were you active in this movement? I was not, but I I think that sentiment, I kind of echo that sentiment. It wasn't about getting justice for Han. It's just that... Yeah, Jason Statham is is who's great as a cameo character, but he doesn't right. need to continue to persist movie after movie in Seriously. his role. Yeah, just like you can show up and then kindly leave. That was great. Kindly, please go. <laughs> please go away a little bit. Um, and then they're doing the same thing. I want to touch on before we close. John Cena in nine. It's happening. And let me tell you, Daryl, I watched a little movie called... Okay, I'm a little embarrassed (laughs) to say this. I watched a movie called Bumblebee the other day. I think I watched that. Did you? He was hilarious (laughs) in that movie. Okay. Hilarious in that movie. People, because people were always like, yeah, Transformers is shitty, but like Bumblebee's the good one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the Transformers Bumblebee. I was like, I'm trying to think of some other movie, like a rom-com called Bumblebee or something. The first Transformers movie was okay. Everything after that was kind of trash, but Bumblebee was really good. I (laughs) I heard it was fun. The 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 graphics for it simplified the Transformers and really right. brought back that whole Gen One look that that nostalgia people bought in for. Right. But Cena's military character was so fucking wide eyed, over the top, crazy that it, it was, was hilarious was so to watch him. It was. <laughs> but I think that I think that was a, I think that was an acting choice that he made though. Oh because, come on, that's not true. Listen, that's his crazy, character to wow. me, his character was the same kind of character as the character that ran Globo Jim in Dodgeball. Like he's supposed to be just <laughs> wide-eyed, over the top, out of his mind, crazy. Because you're supposed to hate him anyway, so it doesn't matter if he's a good actor or a bad actor. You're designed to hate him, so just go all in on it. I, okay, I'll, let me touch on a couple points for that. I know I'm dominating <laughs> here, but like, I gotta talk about a couple things there because the the point of Bumblebee with like Haley, who I always had a soft spot for. I think she's great. Um, uh, and like focusing in on one of the characters, you know, the Transformers characters, Bumblebee themselves, you know what I mean? Sort of narrowing it down, grounding the series a little bit. We're not talking about like King Arthur's knights and shit anymore. We're just like, <laughs> no, I'm serious. that's a part in no, the I fucking know. Transformers. No, I know. Movie. Yeah, duh. So, that was horrible. <laughs> so, so silly. You know what I mean? Like we're narrowing in, we're grounding this thing, we're bringing a little more into quote unquote reality if we if we can. And then, so, like, I feel like if that's a choice for John Cena's character to go that way, that choice butts up against the sort of point of the movie that they're trying to make, right? Which is something that's a little bit more grounded in a real story that they're trying to tell. I it, So that's why it felt to me that John Cena was just like, oh, I'm, he's just shitty at acting, right? Like He's like, he's not doing a good job here. And makes me very nervous for Nine. I hope it's an acting choice because then I'm, I'll be a little less nervous for like how Nine's going to work out in terms of him in that role. I've seen him like I saw him in that Amy Sh- Amy Schumer is that her name? Yeah, the uh, what was the name of it? Yes, Trainwreck. Trainwreck. So John Cena's in that, and he's funny. He's kind of good in that movie. Um, Very but, different type of role because he's playing. Exactly. I mean, it's all it's very over the top and comedic. Was doesn't he play like a musclehead? Yeah. Yeah, like a dude yeah, bro yeah, sort of guy. Exactly. He plays like a boy. He she, go, she goes on some dates with him, and he plays like a musclehead who's like sweet and kind of funny. But I hope that he doesn't feel the need to bring 
John Cena's personality into Fast 9. That's what I'm hoping. Because we've had I, a lot of that. I'm afraid that that's why they brought him there, though. Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course like, it is. When like, I, when I saw he was in it, I was like, oh. Yeah. And then when they do the whole thing, when Dom's like, he's my brother. I was like, yeah. Womp yeah. womp. Like, do we not have any other plot twists that we can use? We have to dust off this thing from (laughs) old 80s soap operas. He's my evil brother that I I haven't mentioned through eight previous movies in whatever machete order you want to watch him. And I've never mentioned a brother, never had a picture of him on my wall in my garage. Yet here he is thwarting my every plan. But it's about family. They do with that. (laughs) I mean, I, I can all except when they're like. He was stolen as a baby, and I never knew about him. Like I'll, I'll get that. I'll get on board with that. You know what I, mean? I guess like, if I'm going to be okay, that. I guess if I'm going to be okay with a 43 mile long runway in Fast Six, I can be okay with the fact that John Cena was stolen as a baby, and <laughs> Dominic Toretto never knew about him. Yeah, that's fair. But, but, I'm hoping Justin Lin, who has directed The Rock before, and. The two movies that Justin Lin directed The Rock in, The Rock is, if as much as he can be, more subdued and like more in tune with the role and less The Rock wrestling personality. So I have hopes a little bit that Justin Lin, back to Direct Nine, John Cena, will be sort of in it a little bit more, but I'm nervous about it, basically, is all I want to say. Yeah, I, I would I would share your your concerns. I also think The Rock has had more experience because he'd already done stuff like Get Shorty, which was basically mostly comedic for him. He'd done stuff like uh, mm. uh, oh, what the hell was the other one that he did? Gridiron Gang, uh, the, the Rundown, the Gridiron oh, Gang, yeah. uh, Return to Witch Mountain. So he's done kid yeah, stuff. He's done action stuff. <laughs> he's done yeah yeah helicopter but, movies. But uh, yeah. he's he's kind of grown more as an actor to where I think he's more comfortable fitting into an ensemble cast. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Cena can yeah. and if Justin Lin can kind of you know rein him in and make his personality and character fit with the rest of the cast. Uh, the thing I like about The Rock is that even though I see The Rock, I can watch him as whatever character he's playing. I don't look at it going, oh, that's The Rock pretending to be so-and-so. I think so-and-so. you're the one human being in the <laughs> world who feels that way. I really I'm, concerned about, I'm concerned about Fast 9 and going, <laughs> it's not Dominic Toretto's brother, it's John fucking Cena, and just not da, 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 being able da. to unsee John Cena da, da, and, da, da. and have that create a problem. But we'll see. They're all things they look alike. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock and John Cena? <laughs> I do think they look. They look clearly. Clearly, he can't see John Cena. <laughs> um, anyway, do all muscular guy's... men look the same to you? That's yeah. <laughs> Daryl. So, do you just have one last. Else you want to talk about? Uh, I think I'm okay. I uh, yeah. a short short point. Yeah. Either all right. So when you say something's halfway around the world, aren't you normally referring to uh, traveling um, across? Latitude. I'm pointing this out, like yeah. oceans, right? If you're low, something's halfway around the world, you're traveling across the Pacific Ocean. Or Latitude the is the Ocean. horizontal ones, yes. Yeah. Yeah. East West. Oh, okay. yeah. All right, Latitude. good. I just needed to get on board with that. Sorry. So, um, uh, uh, Tej is complaining about calling everybody halfway around the world, but mm-hmm. he goes from Miami to Rio. And I'm just like, isn't that? I mean, I could be halfway, but you're you're using that phrase to communicate a uh, traveling of a distance across the equator. I'm right. pretty sure, or he has no idea where Rio is. <laughs> That's possible too. That's possible too. I mean, being a computer hacker and safecracker, he has a very analytical and specific mind. So yeah. in his mind, he's going from one hemisphere to another hemisphere. So therefore, he is going to the other half of the... W- I got nothing. <laughs> I'm really just grasping for straws here. Yeah, yeah, that was a debate win right there. I'm really just grasping for straws here. That was great. Listen, we grasp for straws all the time on this podcast. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was really, that was a good one. Um, 
Well, guys, we've had so much fun talking to you this week. I really appreciate you coming on. Oh, we, we love that you wanted us to come on. This was a great time. Like I said, we love talking with uh, other pods and other shows and stuff. Yeah. And uh, you guys have a great show, and I love the interaction, and you guys are funny as fuck. So thank you for having us on. You guys have an open invite to come on our show whenever you guys want. We have a, If you have a topic that you want to talk about that's not Fast and the Furious space, you want to talk about oh, something else, God. let us know. We'll... We'll we'll so make great. it work into our <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it work into our lexicon of things, and we'll yeah. have you guys on one week. Absolutely, awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. Um, and if you want to engage with us, uh, like um, at all, um, I'll post scratch the surfaces on. You can find us on Twitter at Nolt Podcast. Uh, we're on Instagram. No one likes to tune a podcast on Instagram. You can send us an email if you want to yell at us. Uh, no one likes to tune a podcast at gmail.com. We have a Patreon if you want to throw us a buck, as, as our other beautiful three patrons do. Uh, uh, Patreon.com slash no one likes to tune a podcast. And always please rate and review us. Uh, it really just helps us show out. Apple Podcasts. Spotify, whatever the fuck you want to do. I don't give a shit. Um, do you guys want to plug your pod? Yeah, I, you can find all things uh, Something Something Cast at our website, which is somethingcast.com. Has links to our uh, Twitter, has links to our Facebook, where you can find us on iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, uh, Radio Lab, all that stuff where you can find all those other podcatchers on. You can find us all at somethingcast.com. Awesome guys! Thanks for having. Uh, thanks for being on the show, and uh, yes. we'll talk to you soon. Thanks Absolutely. so much. This was great fun, thanks, guys. guys. Thank you again so much. This was awesome. We'll see you next time. Yep. Yep. <laughs>